0: and welcome back to the united Us, a tactical podcast about manchester united i'm your host Hader obani and i'm joined as always by rob blanchett rob casemiro with a wonder header in the dying embers of the game helping united to snatch a draw look it does feel like a good result considering united were behind united i think could have got more out of the game frustrating at times tonight but i think the better side We saw McTominay give away a penalty but all in all i think ten hog Coming away from Stamford Bridge with a draw, especially after beating Spurs last week, I think four out of those, those six possible points for that game, I think he'll be pretty happy.
1: Totally. Look, don't get too high, don't get too low. But when you're in the final minute of the game, get absolutely high. Go for it. It's a good point at the end of the day. When you've lost the game, the game has gone you know you feel like you're going to be talking about Scott McTominay having a wrestling match in the middle of the of the uh, penalty area losing you the football match when you've played well when you've had good moments you know losing 1-0 I think would have been you know not a travesty but you'd have gone away thinking ah, uh, but maybe but they kept fighting I think it was really good again tested their character in the last few minutes Chelsea didn't deserve to win like we're going to show you today with some of the stats later on in the show Chelsea didn't really have the lion's share of the game um but I think it shows that then this is two teams who are in their infancy under a new coach who have got you know I wouldn't say issues but have got weaknesses that they need to work on Man United are absolutely at that stage but also lots of positives we'll talk today about pressing and about i think probably the best pressing performance i've seen from manchester united again under 8 10 hog the last one was against spurs that was really impressive in terms of their their unitary and how they set traps and worked together um as as a 10 outfield players but i think we saw it again today and it was probably even more impressive today because you're away from home
0: Absolutely, I think uh, a lot of comments here saying that uh, you know you, this is probably one of the most entertaining draws in really? recent memory. Uh, both managers were outstanding. Finally, I hope I'm wrong about VRAN. Looks like a player that uh, looks like a player. Um, heard his ACL, ACL, MCL mm. pop, and uh, yeah, I was a bit concerned about that. The scans may show otherwise. Guys, today on the show we will talk about the game. We will also talk about the positives, as Rob said, the press was was very, very good today, especially in that first uh, 30 to 40 minutes May night with a dominant side. Negatives, you know, on the ball, United still need to improve. There were sloppy passes. I think decision-making, I felt like in the the final final third, Rob, I think United could have improved there. Uh, We will talk selection as well and then Varane's injury because that really Mm -hmm. was a changing point in the game and uh, let's hope he's not injured, but we will talk about how that did affect Manchester United and how it took them a little while to get their press back again. And then rob we will finish with Cristiano ronaldo it feels boring to talk about the topic but i think you know we have to address it on the show um so look there's a lot to talk about today guys as always hit the like button hit the subscribe button make sure you if you see us on twitter give us a retweet as well We'll get as many people involved in the conversation give us a follow on at mighty nine mc give me a follow on at hater underscore barney of robert at underscore rob underscore b rob let's go straight into it let's talk about the game let's talk about the selection on the screen we have the graphic from sofa score Man United lined up with, you know, sort of 4-3-3. You can see that Casemiro partnered Ericsson's. Ericsson came in. Fred was benched. Interesting choice. I agree with that. I thought that Ericsson was, you know, almost a shoe in if he was fit. We saw Sancho, Bruno, and Anthony behind Marcus Rashford. The usual back four, David De Gea in net. Looking at Chelsea as well, they went for a 3-4-3. I looked at Chelsea's lineup. I thought it was interesting. You know, you, you obviously have Air playing that back three like he has been good progressive player. I thought the midfield, no Kovacic starting. We will talk about Kovacic coming on because it changed the game. But you look at Jorginho and Ruben Loftus-Sheik, struggled to get any sort of foothold in the game earlier on. And then you saw Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, two of the danger men behind Aubameyang, who was almost non-existent, I think, in the game. So having a look at this, Rob, I just thought United went with the right lineup. I think ten Hag was correct. But I just saw that first 30 minutes or 40 minutes was we were so dominant and that was almost, you know, like a, an insight into if 10 hard gets all the pieces together, gets the right players, gets the system working, you know, in two years time, may not, can just dominate teams where I think we were lacking in my opinion, and we might disagree on this. I thought we were toothless up front. So that was frustrating. I think if United had a number nine of real, real quality, not say Rashford didn't do what he, you know, what he. Does well today. I think he did well, but I think we see the limitations of him as a number nine. I think Man United only won the game. We saw Potter bringing Kovacic in that first half, and that really then did change it. And Chelsea got a foothold in the game. Kovacic allowed them to pick up, you know, have a ball carrying midfield, someone that could pick up the ball and drive forward. I think United lacked that a little bit in their side today.
1: Yeah, I think you look at the shape of the team here. This is obviously the. I think it's actually the shape United finished in, rather than the shape they started in. Uh, it was very much to start off with, and we'll be seeing this from Ten Hag a lot—a kind of a four-one-two-three. So you're f- seeing effectively a defensive midfielder allowing five players to press. So that's what United are trying to do. And you talked about Marcus there, and talk about you know Rashford's failings. There's no doubt about it. Marcus is not going to be ever an articulate number nine. It's not going to be his game. It's not what he does. He's better in wider positions. We know this. But i don't think we lost the game or didn't lose the game did we We nearly lost it but i don't think we kind of lost that part of the pitch because of marcus today i think it was actually more to do with the creative players were today the creative players had a lot of time on the ball the press was absolutely mega successful you know they really penned chelsea back and as we saw um before half time potter made that change where he chucked in another central midfielder because he feels that he's losing that part of the game uh and, and it worked so well for man United I think for for 60 minutes know, Casemiro just at the base uh, allowing Ericsson and Bruno Ericsson being a floating eight Bruno being a 10. that's how the shape is and it works beautifully in terms of the press so off the ball which I will say is the hardest part of the game sometimes that's where United are making big strides United last year year before always awful off the ball reliant on a double pivot of mcfred etc stuff not really working what we saw i think today when you kind of look at the shape was that when varan went off and we'll talk a little bit more about Varan because i think for united that's crucial for the season now like obviously one of the comments says about potential acl and that was the first thing i thought i thought just the way he looked and and quite often when you have an acl or similar i've done ACL, Rob.
0: it is yeah i walked off but it's is- yeah, you, you know straight where you hear it pop and then that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah, normally if it's if it's a if it's a ligament injury or something like that or something seized up, then of course you can't walk. But he walked off, and I thought, oh, that's actually a bad sign, not a good sign. Um, but when for Ram, when it changed, not just the personnel, but it changed the shape, and United did go to a more four two three one. I think that was also to protect Lindelof in some quarters. But then you brought Fred on. Fred really wasn't doing the same stuff that Bruno was. Fred was a lot more deeper. Then you had Ericsson go from uh, a floating eight to being a 10. Then you had Bruno go to the left. Then you had Sancho coming off. So there was a lot of changes for United to negotiate in that period of the game. And it nearly lost them the match. So I put out on Twitter just before here, you know, did Ten Hag get his subs wrong? We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I think the truth is around that is that he had to make those subs because once Varane had gone off, he felt he needed to change the shape or he needed to protect parts of the pitch, but it did affect the team. And it did mean that Man United for 10 or 15 minutes really lost their mojo. The press completely went, but what happened, Hadar? At the end of the day, Casemiro pops up with a header. Thank, thank the Lord for goal line technology as I point to my wrist. Because I wasn't sure it went over as it as it went over the line, but obviously the referee was, uh, and Man United I think got a deserved point.
0: Some uh, some cross by Luke Shaw, Rob. I've been really impressed with Luke Shaw since he's come back into the side. He looks Brilliant. fit, He looks hungry, aggressive. Yeah. You know, I've seen it a few times. You know, I think earlier on in the first half when you pushed Aspillaqueta over, he did the same. I can't remember who it was in the Spurs game. He looks like he's got a little bit of bite to him. I'm really liking that left hand side of defence with him and Martinez. You know, there's there's a, obviously we know. The butcher is is an absolute dog. You know, he's uh, not just the dirty side of the game, but on the ball, Rob. The amount of times, especially in that first 30 to 40 minutes, where he's playing those line-breaking passes, he really is been a fantastic sign for Man United. But Luke Shaw looks a better player and great cross and and some header from Casemiro. Casemiro is an interesting one. We'll we'll touch on him as well. We spoke about him last, uh, last game after the Spurs game. He said, you know, he was fantastic. But Casemiro... Really has that quality that allows United to play, you know, like let's say four-one-four, four, you know, four-one-four-one or four-three-three. Three. He allows United to play with a single pivot, and he's re- just so good at reading the game. But his ability, as well, to you know play with his, you know, in, with his sort of uh, picking up the ball back, turning around, and then playing it forward, being able to play these quick one-touch passes, he completely has changed my United's game. We've seen for years and years with McFred, United haven't been able to do that. So they've got someone now comfortable in possession, and then when you've got Martinez there as well it's uh it's really helping united when we have a look at some you know let's talk a bit more about the press because what do you mm. do in particular that was good what i liked i thought the front four worked hard and even sancho we'll talk about him a, you know a lot's been said about his performance but i think off the ball wasn't really an issue today i thought the front four didn't give chelsea any breathing room especially in that first half and i felt that the shape has been very very good we're seen that with ten Hag. what did we want to see when Ten Hag came in, we said this in the summer. You know, they're going to have up and down performances. We saw against Manchester City, that was very poor performance, but then we've seen some very good performances. But what we're seeing mm. is great off, off the ball structure. The players look like they know they're pressing triggers. They are much more compact. We're seeing better in terms of our passing. I mean, the, the, the interchanges, and we've seen the fullbacks come inverted. The players are playing with their minds, which is very, very good. But I think the press has been the best part of. Let's say this improvement with this main united side since Ten Hag has come in.
1: And it's the one thing that they've had to get right. You know, this is something I've said this before that a press can take you a year to learn, and people are like, oh, what? You know, a year's a really long time. It's like, yes, it is. But it can take time because you've it's so much repetition in how you press effectively. A press is not running at the opposition, that is not a press. A press has been able to do it almost in a little what i would call special teams like the nfl where you have specialists and they know what they're doing in that moment because that's what their job is so um off the ball united shape effectively was four one five so it wasn't a four like said so here we got on our screen here four two three one where there's a four up there it was a five doing the press because ericsson as the eight was pushing up at the back of the press and they were pushing together in that zone and chelsea found it with three at the back course three versus five you're outnumbered aren't you effectively it's four versus five because Kepa's included in that but it allowed United to be up the pitch high and then to counter press win the ball back in the opposition's half one two touches and you're in I think the issue today was like you said there about you know United's improvements with technical players and whatnot I think it still showed today that that is still the weakness and I and I mean that across the whole of the pitch it's not just a thing you know in terms of you know talking about a striker or a number 10 or something like that united have got technical players now it's just that they're not all doing it so we'll talk a little bit about jaden sancho today um, i was worried about jaden in the last game i was also worried about jaden the game before that i've been worried about jaden for a few weeks and i keep getting more worried every time i see him because he's not doing it he's not cutting the mustard he's not being awful so in the press i thought he was good you know I actually did do the work in the press but on the ball when you need Jaden Sancho to be Jaden Sancho, he's someone else. I don't know who he is at the moment. Because, Rob,
0: when, that's actually should be the best part of his game, right? That's that's the part of the game. The where most he...
1: natural part. Yeah. yeah. So this is not Jaden Sancho from Borussia Dortmund, is it? Like, come on, let's be honest. This is not the guy who we would see in a 4-3-3, freewheeling, three, three, left and right, being able to connect with the striker. It's not that guy, is it? And the reason for that is there are multiple reasons. But the main ones, of course, is that this is English football. It's a different style of game. You have to show different kinds of responsibilities in the Premier League, which is what I think he's learning. And he is young, so he's learning all of that. But we need him to be more like Anthony is. So Anthony on the other side, you can see who's played, what, six, seven games of, of Premier League football. Already looks like he's trying to be himself, isn't it? He's trying to be him. He's trying to dribble. He's trying to run at plays. He's getting shots off on his left foot. You know, wouldn't it be nice if he had a right foot, but he hasn't? But then you look at Jaden on the other side, and Jaden looks inhibited. Jaden, a lot of the time, is like, Am I pressing? Actually, do I go short? Do I play one twos? And you talked about Luke Shaw at the top of the show there. Luke Shaw held that left side together today because Jaden Sancho wasn't. So Luke was the one driving the ball and overlapping and trying to do all the, the work that you'd want Jaden to do. So, uh, you know, one or two things there. with You look at it, I think Sancho said, didn't have a particularly good game. We lost for Rand today. That that exposes United, I think, in the weeks ahead with Lindelof, because I just do not believe Lindelof is good enough. And on the flip side of Luke Shaw was Jagadalo who I think again is just very hit or miss. Just on the ball, very poor. Off the ball, better. You know, so there's a there's a balancing act here for Man United, and I think for Ten Hag, this is. So so very much a work in progress. You will get better, I think, once you manage to get Martial back in the team. And that will allow Rashford to go maybe in Sancho's position, and you'll just have some more pace and connectivity in that part of the pitch.
0: Rob, just gonna read out some of Ten Hag's comments. Thank you to all for yeah. placing them in the chat here. So Ten Hager said, I have to make a big compliment to my team to fight back with a fourth game in 10 days. You see the spirit and how they dealt with the setbacks. Yeah, really good. Yeah. I mean, agreed there. Look, United fought right till the end. It would have been so unjust. Sir, I tweeted it if United lost that game. They were the better side. And we'll look at some of the statistics later. I don't think, um, you know, Chelsea really created any clear-cut chances. I would say maybe the header with Chalabar uh, mm. before the penalty. But barring the penalty, I just didn't think Chelsea were, were particularly good. And especially when you saw Potter have the, the number on Ten Hag early on the season. I know it's different. You know, he's coming to a new side. He has mm. to develop, and, and it takes time to, you know, to implement his his philosophy principles, his style of play. But I thought United were the better side, and uh, I was a bit disappointed. We have haven't come away with three points, but you know what? Well, after that final final uh, minute goal by Casemiro, you know, you can only be delighted with that. Uh, he's also said first half Rashad had two big chances. Anthony won against one. Anthony should have scored that for sure. I think uh, totally. You, know, you have to score goals in such moments because in top games, three chances, massive. You have to score. Absolutely spot on.
1: Yeah. He also
0: says, eight minutes before half time, we had some troubles, but defence in the second half we didn't have troubles. Second half we didn't really create big chances, but also Chelsea didn't. Mm. I think it's a fair result. I would have been disappointed if we had gone without a point because we didn't deserve that. I agree with that. At the end of a tough week to come here, you bring the point home. And now he's also spoken about Varane. It seems it might be a hamstring, Rob. That's what the oh the, cool the listeners in listeners in the comments are saying. Varane. It's difficult to say how it is now because it is so soon after the game we have to wait 24 hours and we'll know what it is and then mm. also bruno says this after the game on the penalty i said to the referee that in the premier league this kind of contact is every game i didn't see it i can't see it if it was right or not scott said he was not holding him i think it was a stonewall penalty penalty personally i just think it's scott just they so stupid to do late on in the game it's soft but it's a penalty
1: in the in the, in the world and the advent or var it is a penalty so you don't get given those in the last 20 years why because it's difficult to see so referees in the past haven't given them and people call them soft or not soft you know what I mean it's kind of backwards and forwards Uh, uh, there's no such thing as a soft foul is a foul and there's no foul was it a foul it was Scott's got one arm around him. Then he's got the other arm around him. And then, you know, the, there's no doubt the striker brings, goes down and, and is saying, look, look at the contact. But there's no way VAR can say it's not a foul. So I know, again, some United fans with the rose-tinted glasses will be saying that's definitely not a foul. In, in the modern game, it is. And Scott's stupid. Like, again, it's just a, a real silly moment from Scott. Because I think the minutes when he came on, he actually did really well. And he has done really well this season. I think he's earned his minutes um but that was a silly moment because he doesn't need to to wrestle with the play he just needs to stay goal side just don't let him have a run just stay goal side and anything that comes across that box there get up and try and get a touch on it stop the opponent doing it but i i thought you know i thought the show today was going to be about that penalty because i know people are going to say oh like we lost the game one nil because of it but it is absolute credit to united the that they lost for in this match you know we hugely important player that the shape went and they lost their press, lost their way, I think, for a small period in the game. But they managed to bring it back, and also with the reserves. So, you know, it's the Alangas of this world who came on and helped United get the point in the end, even Scotty to an extent. Um, and it could have been difficult, couldn't it? Once you took your your striker off, you could have thought, well, you've lost your firepower. I think United did well to get that goal. And Casemiro showed his, his Champions League, you know, pedigree at the top end of the game to show that, he kept going to the very last second.
0: Some passion as well, Rob. At the end, I absolutely loved love it. it.
1: Loved it. Like yeah. I, want, I, I want to see it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, know players always celebrate goals, but there was there was something in his eyes, you know, like behind the eyes where you see something special and you think, yeah, like he, he, you know, he's he's on a big payday, but that means more to him than any wage or any money. And we've been questioning, him and saying, well, we wanted to see him play games. He's starting to play games now. He's going to be the core of that midfield, a really important player. And I think especially now, if you've lost one of your centre backs for however long whether it's a long long or short haul uh you're going to need Casemiro being good in that defensive midfield area just to be able to protect who's ever there because they're going to be slow it's either going to be Lindelof or it's going to be our boy Harry
0: I am so excited for that <laughs> it's
1: worrying it's worrying. worrying I was worried worrying. about Lindelof coming on I'm always worried when I see Lindelof but you know it, either of those two I think with Martinez it's, it's not perfect and it's something that United's, you know, if say this is a bad injury, hopefully it isn't. Then United are going to have to think maybe even in January do uh, we go yeah, in the transfer yeah. market and buy a defender because I do think that that's the eventual outcome because Varane is brittle. Varane's always going to get injured. He's never going to get less injured from this point on. He's always going to pick up knocks. I would rather Varane maybe be the third defender with it in a partnership there with uh, Martinez and maybe one other. But that's something United are going to have to consider.
0: It's something that I, uh, I. I actually messaged someone during the game saying when I saw Varane going off I was saying you know I might need to go and look at a a center back in January because I don't really yeah. trust Maguire or or Lindelof to be honest and uh it's 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 a little bit from but that's something we can talk about later on obviously when it when it transpires. Comment here from Romsey saying I'm just so happy to see we've got that dog in us to pull through when it looks like totally. hope is lost very very proud of our team absolutely. And uh something I just want to uh, touch on Rob mm. regarding Ten Hag's quotes that we've just read out is He's just so spot on isn't he he just says it how it is it's refreshing you know it's refreshing yeah. he's obviously he's in, we know he's intelligent he sees the game so so clearly and it's just nice to have a have a manager that understands talks about tactics also but you know understands you know where the team have done well where they're done poorly and i think he's just i think generally speaking we're looking at his start now and united are obviously sitting in fifth but they're not too far behind uh you know spurs who are i think about three points now behind spurs who are sitting in fourth and about uh six points behind city and then you know arsenal have got to play maybe, there might be 10 points for arsenal win but considering how we were after the first two games we felt all doom and gloom i think Ten Hog's done a really solid job in his opening uh let's say opening two or three months in the role and uh i'm i am actually very positive moving forward and you add those quality signings i think united could be where arsenal are this season and compared to, where, you know, I think United are where Arsenal were last season. So, I think Ten Hag is really, like, he's impressed me a lot, because he wasn't really my first choice, but, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. I just want to see United do well, as we all do.
1: Yeah, like, I, th- I think this is why you've got to be open-minded to a lot of this, because, you know, I, th- I think Ten Hag is a surgeon, and, you know, he's he's slow, he's methodical, he's, go- he's going to try and get it right, because you only get really one or two chances, that's it, you've got to get it right, or you get sacked, don't you, in this game? That's what happens. You know, look at what Sabah to Steven Gerrard the other day, you do not get extra moments but i do think with uh with the manager is that he's formulating a culture at united that that's what we're seeing is a cultural shift you know when we talk about pressing and we'll hopefully be talking about good pressing for the next weeks and months now going forward it is a cultural thing it's that people know that that is what you do you have to do it you know there is no and this is the issue with you know, Cristiano, and we'll talk about him, Cristiano at the end of the show, but you need players that just do not question it. They say, this is my job. I have to do it. Do it. I have to press. I have to press. I have to press. That is it. I, there is no other choice. So I think we're starting to see that now. We're seeing that it's become a cultural thing. And this is why you have to play Rashford at the moment without Martial at the very, very top, because he's the only guy that can do it in that area successfully. And this is the thing. I mean, you're looking at the opponents now that like you just mentioned about, being the top four and all of this we've had a good look at tottenham not worried about tottenham we can get tottenham in you like in, in, when we look over the next year can we catch tottenham and surpass tottenham top champions league club from last year yes i think when you look at uh the other team we beat liverpool yeah you know, i think with liverpool have problems have they got issues you know they've just lost one nil today to nottingham forest hopefully we've not spoiled anyone's match of the day there But yes, I think we can catch them at some point. Arsenal, who I think are title contenders this year and will be in the next year or two, I think we're pretty close to them as well. So I think we're in a good place. Yeah, we're not anywhere near Man City yet, so we're not winning the title anytime soon. But we're seeing things that I think you could say in adverted commas, modern football. Man United have looked like a relic for years. Now they're suddenly looking like a team that's both modern and motivated. I think we saw that
0: again, so, you know, I I was a big fan of Conte, you you know, you you like Conte as well. I think what we saw against Spurs, and I think if United want to win a Premier League title and want to go and become successful in Europe again, is that they Mm -hmm. have to come up to, you know, sort of, let's say you talk about modern football. So what do we talk about when we talk about modern football? You look at Liverpool, you look at uh, City, look at even Arsenal right now at the minute. They're Mm -hmm. fantastic on the ball, technically brilliant. You know, they're able to control the tempo of the game. But they're off. The, off the ball work is so so good, and I think yeah. when I looked at Conte, and I, I do really like Conte, but it, you know it hasn't. Spurs haven't been great, but when you when you saw United play against them, it's about sustained pressure, being able to keep mm. the ball, and consistently sustaining pressure on the opposition. And I don't think in a thirty-eight game season, for example, someone like Conte can win the league now when you've got the, you know, you got uh, Pep, Klopp, Ten Hag. I'm going to say this, Arteta in the league because their sides. You know, I think Conte's size, maybe relinquish possession, whereas you know the other teams hold on to possession and and then like I said, the sustained pressure. So I think that's the positive for me about Ten Hag is that I can see similarities with the way that Pep sets up, and that makes me positive because United haven't had that even under Fergie. I wouldn't say, you know sustained pressure. I wouldn't say we were that we used to go to Arsenal, didn't we? We weren't the most beautiful side sometimes. When we used to beat them. We maybe play on the counter. So that's what mm-hmm. I'm positive about is that United are now finally going to have they have a modern manager and they're going to play modern like you said more than football so I think that's exciting
1: yeah completely and, and I actually think now now we've seen it for a little bit that for me there's no doubt that no matter what Conte has done in the past or what Conte does now that Eric Ten Hag is a much better suited coach for Manchester United because it's for, for Ten Hag and the way he plays it and the way that he wants to build it it is all the modern fundamentals that have been pushed through in, mod- in football for the last six or seven years so that's what we're seeing in terms of the shape and the desire and the second chances and the kind of implementation of old style gegenpressing pressing with like modern pressing all of those things are are there and and current and you know it's it's the stuff that you're seeing from the guardiolas of the world when you look at conte conte is a little bit old school Conte's team will get deep 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 he'll get five at the back he'll get seven at the back he'll clog up the channels there's nothing wrong with that but that's much more Jose Mourinho from 10 years ago and what we saw at Manchester United where he was our coach than say some of the modern teams and what I'll say is this is that the word modern could get overused the reason why we use it in a positive sense is that those teams playing that style of football in all the trophies that's that's what it is so you could have gone back to when inter won the the champions league playing a kind of you know hit on the break style of football which was a bit unfashionable but it was winning them a title so that's why they did it that's why mourinho did it and i think that's why jozo was stuck with it but i think when you look at the the best coaches and the, the tacticians look at who we play today with potter he's one of the top tacticians i think in the country and in Europe. Um, and he'll get it right there. They play a more modern style of football. You either play three at the back and play that kind of 3 4 three, and you play passing football and you do it that way and you keep possession, or you're doing what United are kind of doing with this kind of 4 1. Uh, it's a 4 1 5. It's effectively playing higher up the pitch, and the best teams do that now. You have this attack, you overload, you get the ball back quickly. One, two touches in the box, in the goal. And it's an exciting brand of football. It's been a it's it started well for Ten Hag, and I think he can only develop it from here.
0: And I think that there will be a ceiling, though, in what we see based on the players in the squad. Like ultimately, and then at the end of the day, he needs a couple of additions to take it to the next level. But largely speaking, when you look at the players, a lot of them are, are the same players that we had last season under Ranier and under Oli. So yeah. I think that's the positive. We always said when Ten Hag came, Ten Hag comes in, he has improved what he's got, and I think he's doing that. Generally speaking, I think he's improved. Um, you know nearly every single player Obviously, some of them, some yeah. of them, he, he, you know, I don't think he's improved Ronaldo, but there's other issues there. We'll talk about it, but mostly, most, mostly speaking, the players have improved. So I think that's exciting. One last thing, Rob, before we look at some, some of the statistics from the game is that when you have a look at, we talk about the cultural change, the signings have been so key, you know, Martinez coming in, Casemiro, Anthony, mm. Malasia, Ericsson, all of them, fantastic mentality, quality great work, great, great attitude, buying into what the manager wants, that is completely shaken up uh, what we were calling a toxic dressing room not that long ago.
1: Um, Mm.
0: So I think that's a really real positive. So there's so many components to what makes a successful project, right? Obviously, we talk about the tactics of the manager, the mentality, the man management, but who you bring in through that door, and who you integrate into that squad and who you rely on as a manager as your generals is so important. And Martinez, for me, epitomizes that. Casemiro has been fantastic in that respect as well. So moving forward, United need to bring in the right characters again next summer and keep on building. And I think people are expecting a quick fix as well. We all get frustrated. I mean, look, I think United, there are deficiencies. There are frustrations. I think they should have won the game today. But I think that I know that until he brings in maybe a number nine, a new goalkeeper as well, he can who's comfortable playing out at the back, brings in a progressive midfielder as well I think until he has those pieces United are still going to have a couple of up and down performances or 45 minutes of great football 20 minutes shaky and then they might be able to rescue it at the end
1: yeah look that's half a team you've just said that we need so it's quite that's quite a lot of players so you're right I totally agree with you on that and I think everyone has their own preferences about what they think they need to see or what the team needs Uh, I try and kind of detach myself as a fan maybe as well from those things because I I think that they are technical and tactical, and that's kind of why we do the show, kind of look at it in isolation. And you could go from De Gea at the back, who I think has been better in the last few weeks, both on the deck and his normal game, but it's quite clear that David De Gea is not a modern goalkeeper. We're talking about this, aren't we? We talk about modern football, aren't we? We keep saying this. So, you know, you look through it and, you know, Christian Eriksen's come in, and I think Christian Eriksen, only a few months ago, most man united fans would have gone oh no we don't want him on a free from brentford but yet christian erickson has revolutionized that part of the pitch even though he didn't play particularly well today against chelsea so i always think it's a bit horses for courses you know i know people crave the striker and they crave you know the, the kind of big top players and whatnot but i think you kind of got to do it piece by piece i think man united would be a lot better if they had a luke shaw type player on the right hand side of the pitch so if you had someone do what luke shaw does on the left and and they were doing it on the right but people say oh Delo's played really well this year it's like well he has played well to an extent but he's also got deficiencies now we obviously have to see how good united are without varan however long that is so i think this it's a real picky process and it isn't as easy as stick another four in there and that's it i like the idea that ten just does it one play at a time that's what i like so you just said they're united kind of being good for 60 minutes they're maybe not good for 20. I think in this game today, even though they lost their way in this game, they certainly did, it was because of stuff happening. It wasn't just random. So United last year, it was always random, wasn't it, Hadar? 45 minutes, brilliant. They come back out. It looked like a different team. He's like, who are you? Don't recognise you.
0: Rob, let's actually I, talk about that big yeah. moment. Varane's injury. You know. Yeah. United essentially had to change three positions, so let's talk that through. Yeah. Go on, I'll leave it to you.
1: <laughs> well, look, 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 look Varan going off the pitch meant that obviously Lindelof had to come on. You didn't have any other choice from that. But straight away, the manager identified that obviously Lindelof might get run. You know, you've got Sterling on the pitch. You've got Aubameyang on that side of the pitch. They might run him. And that's what I was worried about straight away. So what did they do? They went to a double pivot. Casemiro sat in there. You actually saw he was kind of playing between the centre-backs at the time and between Deleuze uh, and uh, just clogging the channel effectively. But that stopped united pressing and when united stopped pressing they just looked like a worse team but it wasn't haydar that they were like just magically changed because they just had a brain fart like they've done in the last two years it was it was actually ta- something tactical so they, they couldn't handle that tactical change they couldn't handle changing three and one even though that's I think the manager did the right thing with his subs he knew why he was making those subs but it's like we'd say about personnel that's the difference like if you're bringing on a mctominay bringing on a lindelof bringing on an Alanger, they're kind of the upgrades i think you're going to be looking at maybe more in the short term than say upgrading a rashford through the middle upgrading a martial through the middle upgrading a ronaldo of course eventually Well,
0: it's not like for like is it you're almost changing system and i think that's the key step you have to remember
1: it is, and it's also buying a player, whoever that player is, player X, who fits your philosophy and your culture, and that's what's really important now. Is that United you know, just don't go and buy the next big thing or whoever? You know, spend a load of money, and everyone goes, "Oh, I'm excited because they're a shirt seller." No, you've got to go and find the right kinds of players, and they're out there. They really are. There are some really, really good players out there. i, I Ironically, I had a, had a conversation with someone a couple of days ago actually about this, and I'll drop it in here because I think it is. It is pertinent for what we're talking about people are talking about strikers you talked about it i see in our comments people are saying we need a striker if you did need a really big name striker and you wanted a big name striker the person who'd play this system really really well is Harry Kane so that's a really kind of I, you know someone asked so, me you so people will go oh thing. no or some might go oh yeah I like Harry Kane but if you're going to play this kind of four one two three like style and push five up in a press and Harry Kane's going to be your guy that does the press but then drops out to receive the ball because you want someone who's a ball player, probably isn't a better player in the world who does that than Harry Kane. So, you know, you'd have to pay ridiculous money for him, and United, you know, they have played ridiculous money in the past. But then there is that option in it. Then there's other players like Osman and players like that who you could go and get with different styles. But I think you're going to need someone who is savvy, who kind of knows that role already and can do it because otherwise you bring someone in who's young for a year or two, it might be a case. It doesn't work. You know, you've got to uh, get them into the culture. But I think Harry Kane, actually, you know, if you're trying to get one, you know, all size fits all when you're going to buy a striker and if he's available, say at the end of the season, Harry Kane to Man United. To be the, the the championship piece, like you know Van Persie, have they got the other pieces in place at that point? You know, is he going to be that player who can score you that thirty goals a season up top, but also do the pressing, but also pass the ball, also link with the midfield, help Bruno Fernandez, help Anthony, help Sancho. Who knows?
0: I think uh we'll, we'll talk about Sancho a little bit later, but I do honestly think that. You know, I do lack a focal point in the team. I'm not talking about some big target man that's going to hold, hold people up. But someone who um, who really knows that role inside out, Rob. Like, I, I think Rashford's doing a decent job. But I still think that we've seen him play off the left. And I still think he's more effective when he's, you know, when he's basically uh, given that free reign to run that, you know, run down in the inside channel. I just think that looking at Marcus as a number nine, I think the hold-up play is still a little bit of an issue. I think he does the press well. Well, I just don't think he still looks 100% natural. You might disagree with that. I think he's doing some great things off the ball. But I think on the ball, he I think he's just more comfortable playing off the left. It might take a little bit of time. Um, I think Harry Kane's a great shot. Someone asked me, Ivan Tony or Harry Kane. And obviously, if you think about it, you say Kane. But, you know, Tony, I think Tony mm. gives you a lot of upside as well. He's got more longevity. Um, it's an interesting one. It's something that we'll I think we'll you know we'll develop maybe as, as the season ends. You know, Because I think Harry Kane, I'd be surprised. Spurs don't hit uh You know, top four and get the Champions League spot. I think it'd be interesting. uh Cohen's asking the price for Harry Kane. That's another one. But look, Cristiano Ronaldo will leave at the end of the season. That's that's half a million off your wage wage bill as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's just an interesting one because I think United are probably three players away. I know it's the spine we're talking about. You know, from goalkeeper, midfield, and striker. But I, I think they're three players away from from challenging next year seriously and, and being consistent to do that. Because I trust Ten Hag's tactics. I trust Ten Hag's system i trust i I trust what i'm seeing with my eyes but it's quality needs to come in in certain areas
1: yeah look it's it's you know talk about strikers about what they do and you talk about hold up play and stuff like i really don't think that center forwards do a lot of it anymore you know you don't have to be particularly strong with your back to goal it's just not something that that most forwards do anymore forwards run that channel they stretch play and they close down and they link so you, you know there's there's a little bit more one touch football and i do think that marcus is is he's okay at those things but he's definitely better coming from the left-hand side no doubt about it i think the only t- team in the premier league that really does it with a, 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 a at the higher echelon of course now is, is man city with harland because harland is a finisher and That's what he's born to do. And that's he's a proper old school nine in that way. But he doesn't affect, like adversely affect the other parts of the pitch for City. Whereas you look at, I think, Arsenal jesus is a is a is not a traditional nine he moves left and right he can do all that stuff he can kind of link play look at united now with marshall and rashford they're not traditional number nines you look at this uh chelsea team today a is a goal scorer but it's played on the left for many years did it at dortmund before he went to arsenal sterling of course again goal scorer but again not an out and out center forward then he got Mason Mount there in that in this team certainly not of center forward so when they go when it's it's about kind of the rubik's cube now of like interchanging stuff and that's where football has gone so that's what i think united need to go out and buy you need to go and bring in a player, or bring in players that allow you to do different things and united have just been rigid for years like under under Solskjaer, that was the issue is that you were buying good players uh, going far back as like someone like let's go alex sanchez and and lukaku yeah look at these two players and you look at the reasons why they failed and it was because they were just so one-dimensional so you know lukaku could score you 30 goals but only if you gave him the lukaku style of goal 30 times in the season it didn't you know if you stopped him he wasn't going to score goals so I think that's the issue and I think that you see the top teams now they're all looking for those fluid strikers that can that can link the play but get you going on the press you get as I said one two touches you're in the box you shoot you score today like you said the best chance fell to Anthony didn't it and Anthony really has got the technique even with no right foot to just pass that ball pass Kepa because the ball the goal was open on that side you just got to keep it low and accurate inside the post and you win the game don't you and that's got nothing to do with a striker that's a, a wide player so this is why I think we talk about Jaden Sancho and maybe the attacking uh players like Bruno even Ericsson to an extent because they're the ones that win your games Haydar you know it's not really the nine it's the players around the nine and how they all link together um and i think that's the good thing that we're seeing that even though united haven't got this classical number nine or a harland they've now got to take that next step haven't they to score in more goals but i think that shared it before like the front five or six they've all got to contribute towards that um because that's how you're going to win football matches in the long term
0: Rob, let's just look at the statistics from the game just hmm. touching them quickly united had 13 shots Chelsea six Um, so look as we know United dominated the conversions poor seven percent Um, but United did create more and, and I think that's sort of you know we shouldn't look at stats in isolation but I think this does show that you know United were the better side and if they come away without even a point I think you know it would have felt like a very frustrating defeat for sure
1: totally and I think when you look at this I think the one that jumps out at me straight away Open play, Chelsea three attempts at goal, United 11. So United almost four times as many attempts on goal as the home side. Now, that's not something we'd have ever seen at Stanford Bridge over the last few years, would it? Even when we've beaten Chelsea at Stanford Bridge. You know, you, you, you might have nicked it, you might have sucker punched them, you might have got a, a counter-attack goal. What you're seeing here, United only one proper counter-attack in the game, but the counter-press is taking away the counter-attack, so that's why I think we're seeing those stats kind of lessen. 13 shots overall. And you said a horrible conversion rate, but it doesn't really matter in this kind of game. um And I think you've just seen with United now is that if they can be more creative and just get that final pass correct, and I, and I, I mean it from the fullbacks as much as anyone. So I'm talking about Luke Shaw and DeLo more than anything, because they're in those areas to get those balls in. If you can make that pass perfect, you don't really need a number nine. You just need a forward that can. Put a ball in the net from six or seven yards? Do you know what I mean? So most of these guys can do that, all of them. You see today Casemiro with a header, he's a defensive midfielder, you know, and he's the one who gets you your goal. So you can score from other parts of the pitch of other players. So I think when you kind of look at that and you look at the stats, the possible look at that, and he won't actually be happy. You'll be looking and think, right, three shots from open play against Man United who are playing up, you know, pressing high. What why did we not break through their press? Why did we not create enough? in front of back four oh they lost for ran and we still didn't win this game so I think Potter will actually have more questions for his team than Ten Hag
0: the crazy thing Rob is that United were the wayside as well that's that's the biggest positive you know United yeah, the wayside like,
1: and right. the better side like I, th- yeah. I think that's the, that's the side of it is that you know this is this is a, a tough game you get stand for Bridge it's a t- difficult place to go to any day of the week but there was a, a good formula to start off with from the manager and the players kind of doing it and as i said just losing their way because those positional changes that i think were enforced they weren't they weren't something that i think that ten hog really wanted to do and you lose your you know world cup winning center back on the right side uh that made me itchy i thought to myself yeah this is this is the this is where you could lose the game and then when they scored from that from the penalty i was like oh i'm not kind of surprised
0: Absolutely, Rob. Let's uh, touch on Jen Sancho here. We have a graphic yeah. up on the screen. Uh, <clears throat> look, poor, poor performance. I think you know when you're looking in that first half where United were very, very dominant without having anything to show for it, but yeah. played some really good football. Jen Sancho was quite clearly for me, you know, the weak link. We've seen that this season as well. He had a good start. To, he had a good start to the season. A couple of goals. Um... You know he's uh he looked pretty decent in terms of his link up play i don't know what's happened in the last three weeks or so but he's really he's really dipped he's looking passive he's not really taking his man mm. on with with much confidence i think there's a confidence thing here you know he's it's not as if he hasn't got quality and you know behind him and luke shaw luke shaw's been in really good form luke shaw looks like the player who's showing more aggression and trying to do something on the front foot I'd say the other thing about Sancho that's that's frustrating as well, and you can see here, you know, he only had one cross in the game. There are times he's got the ball, and then he just sort of, you know, he does a couple of step overs and looks back in and pass back in, like have a shot or put the ball yeah. in there, do, do something with it. And that was frustrating yeah. me that United are doing so well in that, you know, the first and second phase, you know, but in the in the final third they were really, really. Hesitant or overplaying, and I think a lot of that came from Jane Sancho on the left hand side. We're both massive fans of his. We know what talent he's got, and I'm not I'm still not writing him off. A lot of people are writing him off. There's you don't get you know 20 goals and 20 assists. I know it's the Bundesliga, and people say, Oh, well, the Bundesliga is a poor league, but you just don't hit those numbers. And we saw with the eye test and how how he used to take on his man, he was so confident in terms of decision making, his creativity. Because he is, in terms of vision and creativity, one of the most creative players in the squad. But as of right now, we said you said this before the game, obviously, when you said Martial, if he was fit, would start. I said it last Masterclass that, you know, should Martial come back, Sancho's the one sitting on the bench, Rashford and Anthony on either flank. But when you look at this, 26 touches, that's all he had in his 50-odd minutes of uh, football. He had five minutes after halftime to try and prove something, he gets hooked. You know, 65% pass accuracy is poor. Did the off-the-ball work well? And people overlook that, but that was something we said last game he was poor at. But it is a concern, I think, you know, that he's such a such a big star signing and he hasn't really found his feet yet. I'm not giving up on him yet, but, you know, if United go and get someone like Gakpo and they go and get a striker, Jen Sancho's going to have a real, real fight to, uh, to secure that spot on the left-hand side. Because, you know, that right-hand side right now, Anthony's got it locked down.
1: Yeah, look, he was ill kind of three or four weeks ago, and I think that kind of corresponds with his dip in form. But you know, if you're ill or you're not ready to play, or for whatever reason, then don't play. You know, that's that's the way I look at it. You know, always the way of players who play through injury or play through illness, uh, or you you reduce your minutes. Now, obviously, he's not ill at the moment, but I think when you look at the way he's approaching the game, there's just there's a just a severe lack of confidence in his work. So off the ball looks drilled doing that work you know today look pretty good in the press but it's on the ball passive so we look at the stats here and the stats tell the story you don't even need to watch the game to know that this set of stats is a player who's not playing particularly well 26 touches not that many really not particularly influential um but you look at it past completion rate of 65 percent you would really looking 80s or 90s if possible you know even if it's the short stuff that's what you're looking for one cross in the game you know this is i think united's issues they don't like to cross the ball they don't they don't feel confident that there is a target man in there you see we talk about cristiano or striker or or marcus so you don't see united cross the ball very often but then when you kind of go down the bottom and it's one right at the bottom here of this list possession lost 10 times it's not good enough you lost the ball 10 times in a match where you only touched the ball 26 times so I I think when you you kind of look at it I uh, it's quite funny you know like listening to the the commentary team uh on sky talk about it and they're talking about you know who should, who's kind of who should come off and maybe they'll bring off Ericsson and all this and it was, I was like no they're going to bring off Sancho it's obviously going to be Sancho it's obviously yeah. going to be Sancho does anyone know like what this team does you know like this is it's pretty <laughs> obvious so it was always going to be Jaden and Sancho and uh, it was no surprise of course to me again I tweeted it before the game that I thought Bruno Fernandes would end up in the middle in this game I just felt it especially with Ericsson and you, you ended up with Ericsson kind of going central moving forward later in the match um obviously Marcus came off you had Bruno going left and then he kind of went through the center and then Alanga went left and and it was all very messy and I think once you got to that point where people were a bit like I don't quite know what I'm doing here that's when United really were exposed that's when Chelsea I think had their best moments in the game and obviously scored their goal so I, I, I just think with Jaden, like you know the, the, the jury is out and he was fantastic back in the day when he was in uh, Borussia Dortmund and he's a great young talent and he's skillful and all this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're judged on what you do today in your Man United shirt and what you do tomorrow in training. So we don't see training, do we? We see the matches and he's not playing well enough. So once, as you said there, once Martial is fit, Martial will no doubt come back through the centre. That's That's a given uh a Rashford will move to the left and that will be the team so if those players play together and they play well jaden's gonna have to fight his way back into the side i i think it's very hard for 10 Hag to to pick him again off the back of today's performance because again when you look at that losing the ball 10 times you, you, you can't do it you just cannot give the ball away that many times unless you really are impactful in the game, somehow, like you score or you assist, and you can then get away with it. But he's not really doing that. He assisted in the last game, but it wasn't a proper assist, not what I would, you know, it wasn't out of his amazing creativity. So, a little bit worried about Sancho. I said, I was worried last game, worried the game before. I'm still a little bit worried for, since he was ill. Um, but I think he's got to come out of the team now because I just think – see, we talk about Marcus, and I think Marcus gets a really bad rap, yeah, because when Marcus has a slightly bad game, he's the worst player in the world to the fan base. They all hate him. He can't yeah, do anything right. Yeah, because there's a lot
0: of people that want Ronaldo. Yeah,
1: yeah Marcus Ronaldo. Rashford. Marcus Rashford, has said, I don't play favourites with any of these boys or any of these players. I'm not interested in favourites. Marcus Rashford is the reigning Premier League Player of the Month. So people have to understand that there's reasons for this. And Marcus is starting games because he deserves it. And I actually think his off-the-ball work was really good today. Yes, he's always going to miss the odd chance here and there. But there's going to be a time when he'll get on fire and he'll get he'll score three or four in a row. But is he your long-term solution as the number nine? Of course he is not. But while you're having issues with mr cr7 himself you've really got to find a way to to play that role especially if you're going to have players that carry injuries haydar so let's say martial and varan both carry injuries this year that's a big question for the manager to answer and playing players in there who, are, who don't get injured so bigger questions for the manager to uh, to put answers to in the future but i think at the moment The biggest issue here is Sancho in the team. But not every, like I said there, someone's put there, uh, no one had an awful game. I agree with that. Again, you you can't go to Chelsea and get a point or nearly win the game if you play badly. And I think Man United overall today was many more positives than negatives.
0: You mentioned CR7, Rob. We'll end the show talking about him because unfortunately, look, I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. You know, we saw after the whole incident, after the Spurs game, we spoke about it briefly on the Masterclass about him uh leaving early ten hogs taking the matter into his own hands dropped yeah. him from the squad uh fine two weeks wages brilliant in my opinion in terms of setting doesn't really include that Million quid, quid. yeah <laughs> nothing to him but to us back in the bank <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but when you're having a look at it you know ten hogs had to manage a really di- it's been a really difficult process for him in terms of the whole ronaldo saga once wanted to leave refused to come to preseason then he's just... There's been times, hasn't there? There's been a few instances, whether it's his attitude or whatever it is. And we're just... It's just... We're sitting here. We shouldn't be talking about it, really, because it shouldn't be over... You know, maybe overshadowing what a fantastic start or fantastic, you know, sort of couple of weeks it's been for Ten Hag and the team. You know, the, the the culture looks good, the squad squad mentality and the squad morale looks good. And we're talking about a 37-year-old player who, quite frankly, Rob, and it's someone that I absolutely adored. It's getting to the point now where I just, I just want him to go because it's just so, it's just a circus every single week. You're 37 years old, your powers are massively waning, you're in decline, age catches everyone, but your ego can't accept that because that's how I see it. At the end of the day, yeah. and you've got the media as well. And I want to talk about the media. Uh, I'm just you know, I've been scrolling through Twitter. Obviously, we're doing this show show after the game. So we haven't had a chance to see it. But apparently, Gary Neville and Roy Keane have just basically gone at each other over it. Roy Keane's comments were so bizarre, Rob. I saw your tweet as well, so I'll let you talk about that. So so bizarre. Uh, before the game, Roy Keane is that one player. If one player stepped out of line in that changing room, he would have gone for them, he'd gone for the throat. The way that these ex-players, ex-Man United players, Rio Fernandes, another one, are bending over backwards to legitimise what Ronaldo did when it's just clear disrespect to the manager, to the club, to your teammates, and to the fans. I don't care if you're Cristiano Ronaldo or if you're Harry Maguire, for example. No player should be acting like that. The manager's rule and the manager's word is final. The way that they're, they're legitimising it or backing Ronaldo in this is just—it's just senseless. And my question to you is, if it wasn't Cristiano Ronaldo, would they be doing this? Of
1: course not no and that's the end of the show because i i think ultimately when you look at this it's it's bizarre the whole thing is bizarre and this is what i don't understand and and in, in many ways like you know it doesn't sour the past or anything like that but when you look at someone like roy keen who's always sold himself as a man of principle a man of discipline always you know fight for the badge no matter what you know live and die by the sword and you do everything for your team and that is it and yet there he is sat getting paid a very nice fee on Sky Sports saying oh yeah it's okay you know kind of legitimizing what Ronaldo has done and giving all sorts of strange excuses and then worse you know oh United missed a shot or oh, Ronaldo would have scored that it's like it's, it's just it's unhelpful at at the very least but I think the good thing about it and this is why I will say about not idolizing players and not idolizing individuals is that ultimately the only thing that matters here now is that Eric ten gets it right that's all that matters it doesn't really matter what former players say like it will be interesting to see what Gary has said to to Roy because uh, I think they're they're different beasts you know they have different kind of come from a different sect in terms of their thinking and whatnot both former captains of the football club uh and, and I think Gary will be a lot more hardline on Ronaldo because I, I think Gary gets the that the team has to come first otherwise you win nothing like it doesn't matter who you've got in your team you don't win unless you're all together as a collective and roy is just kind of sat there going oh yeah you know i bat the player and uh you know you got you can got see it from his side if someone had walked off in the 89th minute playing for man united in the mid 90s roy Keane would have smashed his face in yeah Roy King would have been suspended for weeks for smashing that player's face in, And that's what would have happened. So, all right, Roy might've mellowed over the years, but I actually think it's to do because the fact that you just said it there, it's because it's Ronaldo. So I don't know if this is some long-term. It's is mate as well. Look, them, they're, they're all mates, right? They're all mates. They all play together. It's his mate. You saw Ronaldo came over, gave him a hug in one of the games recently when Ronaldo was a sub, and everyone went, "Oh, is that? That's kind of nice, isn't it?" It's like, well, yeah, they're friends. there's Nothing wrong with that at all. um And you can still defend your friend and be honest. You don't have to lie and say that it's okay to do those things. So I, I think when you you kind of look at it, uh, I uh, I look at it this way. Cristiano Ronaldo until the day he dies in, you know, hopefully in the long distant future, many, many years. People will talk about Cristiano forever, won't they? And people will be making money out of Cristiano for a very long time. They will be because they're his friends or they played with him. And, you know, I'm not saying anything about Roy directly, (laughs) but I'm hinting at it. I think Roy is being uh, unduly kind to Cristiano for literally no reason except that except that there's that connection there there's no way that i think he would say it about say i don't know paul pogba paul pogba did it last year walked off the pitch or jesse lingard or any of the other lads
0: oh i you, don't want to say it. if that was paul pogba
1: you, yeah you can't get away with it just because he scored 700 goals in the past you can't get away with it what he did last week walking off that pitch i've never seen it happen in football before i said it in one of uh my other podcasts i was like i actually thought about it and i can't remember a player who's on the bench, walk off early in a proper competitive game. I've never seen it before. And here we are, Cristiano Ronaldo, who earns half a million pound a week doing it and sticking two fingers up to his own team and everyone else in that stadium. And yet United fans are still defending him. United pundits, Vex players are defending him. i tell you what, Sir Alex Ferguson won't be defending him no chance no chance they all might have been cahoots together but ultimately there's no way so so Roy doing that is really disappointing but I think Roy said a few things over the years that you kind of think oh no what why are you kind of saying that's a bit you know you've got your opinion there's no problem about that so I'll be interested to see what Gary has said to him uh on a. Um... I've heard
0: they've butt heads. I've heard from just reading you know I can I've heard they well, not I, no surprise you was saying yeah. about the team you know roy yeah. obviously uh apparently got very heated and, and sky you know the way they always do they try and pull the plug they have dave jones sitting there going oh like, let's pull the plug lads let's stop this conversation guys you know guys, yeah,
1: guys no fighting <laughs> yeah yeah exactly christian's got to go yeah that's that's the be one end of this yeah and uh, if it was me i would terminate his, contract. terminate his contract i would negotiate it i would say you know you've, you've walked off that's gross misconduct you know you you refuse to come on again we've not talked about that have we refused to come on as a substitute have you ever heard of that recent years haydar anyone of that caliber saying they wouldn't come on for their team just because so I, I I would be happy and I said this on the promised land as well I'd be happy if Cristiano never kicked the ball for Man United again and we played Charlie McNeil no problem. And we lose games i'm not interested in people who think they can manipulate the football club and manipulate the fan base because that's what cristiano's doing and he'll go to the world cup for portugal he'll score goals of course he will because that's what he does and there'll be no issues with that and they'll all be this well why have man united done this to cristiano such disrespect wouldn't we rather ronaldo be the ronaldo from 10 years ago scoring all those goals 50 goals a year wouldn't we prefer that? But if he Force was, weird. Rob, then
0: he wouldn't be sitting on the bench. And that's. And we'd all
1: be like this. We'd be like, Cristiano's got to start every game. He's the best in the world. Cristiano Ronaldo is not the best at the club. So that's the, that's the bottom dollar. So I, I think that's the unfortunate thing. And it's going to taint, I think, maybe his exit. And and I felt that. Do you remember we talked about this, Haydar? We said, you know, Ronaldo, you know, it might be better if he just kind of ghosts away out of the football club and people can forget it you know but it's not going to be like that is it he's going to cause a fuss as he leaves the, leaves and goes out the door going
0: to do his interview and all that but rob the thing is so i think the funny thing is so time time is always a healer right you know there's mm. other players that have left clubs Left United in acrimonious circumstances, but as time goes and passes, you look back more fondly. And I hope that's the case with Cristiano. My, my last my last point on this as well is that I just don't see how you see Sunez piping Piers Morgan, he's just an absolute troll. Like, forget about mm. him. Kevin Peterson as well, you saw him, you know, the cricketer say, United post a picture of him at Old Trafford, and he was like, Don't you dare post a picture about me. You've disrespected now It's so odd. It. It's, it's yeah. cult like. It's, it's, it's so it's bizarre, but. I, the thing that i don't understand as soon as i said this ten Hag's disrespecting ronaldo ten Hag has a job right he's the manager man united his job is to pick the 11 players that he thinks can do the, their roles to the, to the highest level and that can help the team and win football matches that's what yeah. ten Hag has to do he's not picking ronaldo because he's got some personal personal vendetta about him he believes marcus rashford can do the off the ball work better we've seen the graphic that came out from sky that united are better they run much more, they score more goals, they win more games when Ronaldo doesn't start. It's That's what it's based on. So this is what I don't understand. What, where's the disrespect? Now, I tweeted about this, saying these are the pundits saying this about Ten Hag. I think what's happening, this is just my opinion. Maybe I'm saying this as a fan, but they're saying Ten Hag's starting to get things right. They're starting to build something. United are going to start being a bit more serious. And mm. that that frightens certain you know areas in the media and, and, and other fans alike, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it's the cult of personality and it's a sign of the times is what we live in, isn't it? That people kind of gravitate towards superstars and, and how they do stuff. And it's like I just said there, when Cristiano hangs up his boots and is no longer a player, Cristiano Ronaldo will still be hot property. He will be until the day he dies for the, for the you know, generations to come. Cristiano Ronaldo is always going to be remembered as one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest. You know, Him and Messi did raise that bar. There's no doubt about it. But people need to get real. They have to get real. You know, like Eric Ten Hag would do anything to make sure this club wins football matches. And if that included playing Cristiano every week, he would be playing Cristiano. But we all know that there were issues with Cristiano, not just in terms of whether he puts the ball in the net or not, but it's about the wider you know the wider issue with your team Bruno Fernandes is a better player when Cristiano Ronaldo is not on the football pitch these things matter so I I get that some fans have a very binary logic to it and they kind of go well no I love Cristiano I've got number seven on my back so that you know I've got to see Ronaldo play he's my LeBron James well no LeBron James doesn't help the Lakers win games it's the same issue so you know you've got to kind of look at it this way and be real about it and and I trust Ten Hag, uh, I feel that this method that he's trying to employ is the right one. We talk about modern football. He's trying to do that. Cristiano Ronaldo is from a generation from before where he used to score 50, 60 goals a season. You know, maybe only one guy's going to be able to do that in the years ahead. And he plays for Man City now, unfortunately. But you've got to find a way to win, haven't you? And, you know, I think Cristiano will come back into the team. I really do. I don't think that this is the end of the end of the end. I think ultimately the manager will look at it and say, right, when I need to play him and rotate him in and out, I will do that. But Christiana, you're going to play 10 minutes here and 20 minutes there. And you're going to start in the Europa League. And you might not like these things, but you are getting paid half a million pound a week. So shut that up, smile when you're on the bench, clap people. And at the end of your contract, go wherever you want. Goodbye, finished. And I think that's the way it has to be. And I think United fans need to get on board with that because we've seen, I think we've seen a... a type of United fan come to the club in the last year who just so happen to have a Real Madrid shirt as well and a Juventus shirt and you know they love Ronaldo and they've come to United because of those things I don't think we need those types of fans we don't it's not you know it's not it's not a wild judgment but I think we need fans to actually understand what's going on at our football club and kind of stick to that and support the manager in the decisions that he makes and I fully support his decision with Ronaldo last week to find and suspend him and to kick him out the team
0: support the club support the manager over any player period support that's my that
1: but yeah, that's who you support fans. on your chest not not the name on your back it's that so i i think cristiano you know cristiano knows this as well that's the sad thing haydar he knows all of this and when he put that instagram post out there was no apology there and I thought, wow, again, that's another two fingers up to his manager. Because he could have said, oh, I apologize to my teammates and my manager, and I'll be all right and I'll i'll be there next week. Don't worry, next game, I'm I'm I'll be good. No, he didn't say that because he thinks he's bigger than Man United. I'll tell you what, Cristiano Ronaldo will never be bigger than Man United. It's as simple as that. So we have to look at it that way, and all players have to be treated with that evenness, don't they? They have to, every player, whether it's I said if it's Garnaccio did it, we'd all be saying, Well, Garnaccio needs to be fined and suspended ronaldo did it so he needs to be fine suspended and player you know fans cannot overlook it just because it's the guy that they love
0: 100 rob i love that we'll finish the show on the basis that ronaldo will never be bigger than manchester united guys thank you so much for joining us today as always hit the like button hit the subscribe button give us a follow on Man United mc give me a follow on at hey. underscore, Robani, and Rob brother follow at underscore rob uh, underscore Rob, great goal by Casemiro McTominay gave away the penalty but may United come away with a 1-1 draw against Chelsea we'll see you all next time